1: In this episode, I had the privilege of speaking with Mads, the creator of Mads Mess. She's a powerful spiritual guide, psychic medium, dream life coach, and host of Mads Messed, the podcast. In this conversation, we dove into a variety of topics ranging from love, healing, current events, the great awakening, and cultivating your spiritual gifts to create a soul-based business. I hope you enjoy this convo as much as I did. Welcome to the Taking Back Your Power podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Palacios. Join me as I interview interesting and empowering people, discuss spirituality, mindset, business, and much more. My intention is to always remind you, your true beauty, your true worth, and your true power always come from within. Now let's open our minds and hearts and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taking Back Your Power. I'm so excited for today's episode. I have the incredible Mads Mess. Madison here with me today and I'm so excited just to get to talk to you because I feel like we've been connecting virtually for so long and talking about so many different things and to finally have you here as a guest is so exciting for me because I'm just just ready to pick your brain honestly.
0: (laughs) Honestly, thank you so much for having me. Our conversations have always been so esoteric, I would say in our DMs. Yeah. So I'm excited to see you like virtually face-to-face and, and dive into everything that you want to know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So
1: before we get started, if you'd like to just run through what you do, you have such an incredible, I mean, your work is incredible. So I'm excited Thank for you. you to share that.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, my name's Mads. I run a business called Mads Mess. The story about that is quite an interesting one, Um, turning my mess of a life around into my dream life. And so um, I am a dream life coach, but specifically how I take on clients and my methodology is through a lot of astrology. And I have the added bonus of having been a psychic medium my whole life. So I get to throw that into the mix and really bring people through their awakenings and everything like that. So amazing. So how many years have you been doing this for? Uh, It's going to be two and a half in September, which is crazy. Like already, it feels like time is just flying by. (laughs) Yeah. So what called you to create kind of like a soul-based
1: business and turn your gifts into, you know, something profitable?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. It was what I like to call a happy accident. Although we know everything in the divine plan is not a happy accident. It goes as it's supposed to, but I was actually supposed to be a flight attendant right before the whole situation with the pandemic happened. And I moved back home for a month between um, moving. what I was supposed to move out West in Canada. And then everything kind of went downhill. And I had already been very tapped in spiritually for quite a long time, gone through my awakening. And I was pulling cards for Friends here and there and kept getting told, you know, Mads, you should really charge for this. Like you should really like promote this on your Instagram. And I felt really weird about doing that, but I took a leap of faith. And um, within a week of promoting um just like tarot card and mediumship readings and spirit guide readings, I was booked for the whole month. And then that just continued. And those clients that I was seeing for card readings would tell me these are so much more than card readings, like. I've had tarot readings before, and that's not just a tarot reading, like, how can I see you every week? And so this is what prompted me to create three different coaching programs to help people through their journeys. So it was very, very spiritually led. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: mean, and that just goes to show whenever you do follow your gifts, how much opportunity awaits for you on the other side of you just taking that leap. And for you, was it really scary for you to go into it full time?
0: Oh, it was absolutely terrifying. I had suppressed my mediumship and, and all of that my entire life, because there's no one in my close circle and my family that can do this. And it was terrifying, not just because you're taking a leap and starting a business, right? That's scary in and of itself, but to then have to kind of like come out to your family and say, Oh, by the way, I know I've been a psychic medium my whole life, but now I like really, really, really know that. And please love me and accept me and don't throw me into like the (laughs) insanest. So yeah, it was absolutely terrifying.
1: (laughs) And what would you say is your biggest lesson that you've learned from getting into that full time?
0: Ooh, I need to think on that biggest lesson. I think in truth, like just keep following your intuition, like following my intuition, my internal compass, like for myself or for anyone taking that leap of faith in a soul purpose, like follow that feeling in your gut. It's not wrong. It's never wrong. And it leads to a lot of beauty I find. So, wow.
1: Yes. So, Back in, I think it was probably about a year ago or so, you talk, and I love your platform. To those of you who aren't familiar with Mads, definitely go follow her on Instagram because she's just, I mean, you're very open on a lot of different things. You share your thoughts, (laughs) you share your mind and everything, you know, especially relating to current events. I love your take on a lot of things when it comes to current events. And one thing that really... Stood out to me is whenever you were talking. I mean, I don't know if you want to get into this, but you were talking about the indigenous population that they found, you know, bodies and things like that. It's really, really sad. It's really gruesome what these families went through. And you were sharing all of these perspectives from your, from you being a medium, right? Your psychic perspective. Yeah. How was that for you to, you know, just in general for you, whenever you go through? something in the collective, right? Something really dark happens. What do you do to take care of yourself when you're revealing certain things and you're talking about these dark energies?
0: That is such a great question. That's something I've had to learn um, throughout the whole process. And it's really to take a step back whenever it's too much for me because mediums are like the highest level of an empath, right? We feel so much, like so much. So when I channel those informations. I'm not just seeing it from a higher perspective. I am feeling what my ancestors, what the indigenous tribes who have passed on, I, I'm feeling that grief and I can like feel it right now as I'm talking mm-hmm. about it. And it I've learned it's so important that I need to share the message when I am at peace, when I'm in sound mind, when I've processed the emotions, because I've had to learn where in the past I've spoken things and I get a little bit heated about it because I'm very passionate about, especially an issue like this that is extremely mm-hmm. horrific and challenging um, for a lot of different people experiencing it. I've just had to learn to take a step back and like kind of reevaluate how I'm going to say something and what I want people to take from what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. back. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I, Completely agree. I mean, I'm an empath myself and whenever, and this is a question I get a lot is, you know, Isabel, how do I deal with this issue? Because we're living in an age where everything is just highlighted, right? Used to be before we would only really know about what's going on in our country or, you know, in our state or in our family units or friends. And now it's like anything that happens on any side of the world, we find out about it. And when you're an empath, it's so easy to basically put yourself in those shoes of whatever's going on and take on that energy. And I always say, just like you say, you know, take a step back, make sure you're refreshing yourself, that you're getting off of the social media if that's too much. And that's what I wanted to ask you is energetically. I mean, a lot of people hear energy and hear things like empath and things like that and hear it like in very esoteric terms. Right. But there's a real practicality to taking care of your energy, right? There's a real, it's very, very grounded in the physical. And so what advice would you have for people who are more empathetic, people who do feel these energies and what advice would you have for them to go within and just take rest. Cause I notice a lot of people of our generation just don't know how to rest from certain things. You're always turned on, always plugged
0: in. Yes. Yeah, that's, it's so true. Everyone is constantly being stimulated by something external. I think, you know, prayer or meditation, just sitting in silence is definitely something to do. But I think the advice before that is to not be afraid to sit with your mind. Mm-hmm. I think We have a generation, I think we've had several generations that have been in such a survival state that they're terrified to sit in their mind. They're terrified to hear what their ego or inner child have to say. They're scared to sit with the anxiety and really dive into it and ask themselves why they're overwhelmed. So that's the piece of advice I give to clients to anyone I'm speaking to is don't be afraid to sit with your mind. It's okay to shut off for five minutes and go into the chaos of your mind. um, Because that chaos eventually is going to subside. If you sit with it, it gets bigger. If you ignore it and the chaos in the physical world, like everything we, like you said, we hear things from all around the world and there's something new. There's a new chaos. There's a new trauma happening in society every single day. Mm -hmm. If you don't take the time to sit down and deal with the internal chaos that you're experiencing as a result or because of something unrelated to society, then everything that you're receiving from your external environment from the world is just going to keep adding on to that. And that's going to be there always. I think that's what people also need to recognize is society is right now, it's going to be having a lot of issues. There's a lot of um, breaking the molds and breaking infrastructures that are unsustainable. And so to not be afraid to take a break from that, cause it will be there. You can pick it up again. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, it, it's, I promise you, <laughs> I promise you, it's going to be there for the next few years. Um, but your mental state is going to deteriorate. If you don't take that, that few minutes a day it could be 60 seconds, put a timer on your phone and just mm-hmm. pray or like sit with your mind, something. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Beautiful. And I completely agree. As far as I wanted to ask you, because you have the astrological perspective, right? Yes. About what's going on, what's been going on since 2020, all of that. Would you mind sharing what you see forecasted for what's coming and what all of this means?
0: Absolutely. So ever since um, midway through 2020, the astrological new year, April of 2020, we've been going through what's known as the great awakening. And I think a lot of people, they talk about 5D earth and, oh my God, 5D earth, we're going to the 5D. And I think naturally the human ego thinks that's going to happen very rapidly. And it's a 2000 year process. And that is a very expedited process that we're experiencing. Usually takes about 7,000 years to go through such an evolution of consciousness. So what we're seeing right now and what we're going to see in our physical human lifetime is basically the breaking down of everything that needs to go. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is currently in their Pluto return. They have been for several months now. I think it started back in December or February. It started in February. My apologies. Um, And that is essentially all the infrastructures, economic, social, environmental, every single infrastructure that the U.S. was built off of, which is stolen land, um, is crumbling down because there is this need for renewal because the fifth dimension, both within ourselves, but also collectively if we talk planetary, it's a space where there is a lot more, how do you say that without, it's very esoteric, but, um, basically everything is out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exactly what's going on in the galaxy, you know, your place in it and, that's why we're seeing all these truths come to light. Um, it's unfortunate that things are so devastating, like finding so many thousands of bodies from indigenous residential schools, both in Canada and the US, abortion rights. Uh, there are so many things that are happening right now that seem to be the like be all and end all of nations as we know it. But I think what's so important for anyone listening is to know that, Everything has to break before you can rebuild, right? If we build something on a rocky foundation, for example, again, I'm, I know you're in the U.S. I feel bad saying <laughs> it, but, um, no worries. <laughs> but the U.S. was built on a rocky foundation. The U.S. was built off of the, the theft of an entire nation, um, the abuse of an entire people, not just of one particular tribe, but of an entire type of of person and like it's it's insane so everything about that needs to crumble and so we're seeing a lot of that in the next few years there is a lot that is going to be coming out around 2032 like intense a lot of very rude awakenings for people who bless their beautiful souls have just not been open to seeing any higher truth for any particular Social um, infrastructure or government or the elite. Like, there's a lot coming out, and mm. we're in for a lot of rude awakenings for the next few years. And it's going to feel for those who don't understand what is going on. And that's why there are individuals like yourself, myself, and so many guides in the collective saying, like, this is nothing to worry about. Cat. Sorry. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> it's so sweet. I love that. Um, it's really nothing to fear. And I think. Um, really centering yourself in peace while things are kind of crumbling outside of you is going to be key because I think people were like, oh, the pandemic, that's as bad as it's going to get. And it's like, mm. that was just, that was like maybe 1% of what we're about to experience for the next decade. But it's a good thing because as we know, if you've read tarot or you just know of tower moments, like everything needs to crumble before you get that beautiful wish fulfillment, that Aquarian energy, that innovative, sustainable, all loving, unified energy. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot coming in. Yeah. incredible. So one thing I wanted to ask you,
1: you're familiar with the Great Reset, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) People talk about it like it's a conspiracy, but it's, I mean, a conspiracy theory, but it's actually... Very much rooted in a lot of there's a lot of evidence to it that's openly talked about, right? It is. So, it is. one thing I wanted to ask you I feel like I, whenever I hear about, okay, the breaking down of structures,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I always wonder, okay, so the Great Reset or Agenda 2030, right? By 2030, things should be set in motion, their plans should be set in motion. Do you think that they align? Is uh, the elites know about? astronomy or astrology. I'm sorry. They know about astrology. Do you think that they align these things to go along with these astrological placements or is it coincidence or how how does that
0: all work together? So there are different planets that do, that have different energies that affect the earth. And this basically has to do with like gravitational mass and how that gravitational energy impacts the earth. It's, it's very intricate they use Saturn, the elite use Saturn. So restriction, um, it's, it's a very, I don't want to say Saturn is lower vibrational. It's just a, a bit, it's darker energy. It's karmic, right? It's, it's very restrictive. And the, those who are are bringing in this more unity consciousness, all loving energy are working with Uranus. And this is more like upheaval for the benefit of the good, because it's about bringing things to light, creating more sustainability, um, in in all ways, it's very very spiritual and innovative. But the they know exactly what is going on. Um, all of the billionaires use astrology. To, they have their own personal astrologers. To you know, Apple if you pay attention to when Apple has new releases, there's always something really good going on with Uranus technology Mm -hmm. and, um, Taurus or Venus. So the sign and the planet, because that brings in investments, finances, things like that. So, and Mercury, they work with Mercury a lot. They, they work with all of this. They are not, uh, there, that's not hidden for them. There is a lot that we, in society, have learned is quote unquote conspiratorial or um, woo woo, or like you're just nuts for thinking that. But all of those things that society is saying we're nuts for are things that the elite are using to their advantage, just not a unified advantage. Mm-hmm. So, not coincidental at all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, that's
1: been for myself. I went down a rabbit hole. I think a lot of people went down a rabbit hole just during. Um, lockdowns and things like that. And when you go down these rabbit holes, there's a lot of stuff that's like crazy out there. You don't know what to believe. You don't know if this is the truth or if this is just, you know, hyperbole, you don't know if this is meant to be political to make you sway one way or the other. So, you know, you have to practice a lot of discernment, but one thing that happened with me in 2020 specifically is I went down these rabbit holes and it was just so much darkness. Right. It's kind of like you it's hard not to become jaded when Mm -hmm. you read these things and you think, okay, what if our future really is enslavement? We're on a fast track. You know, you hear a lot of people in the kind of awakened community talking about waking people up. And then what if people don't want to wake up and, you know, are we just doomed to this terrible future, you know, and that's one thing that I really had to snap out of it and say, you know, actually we don't know really. I think there's a lot of stuff that's up in the air. Still a lot of stuff. Like it's not like, Oh, the elites have won or this and that. It's not like that. I think that we can, I want to hear your take on it. Sorry. My cat is playing with the blinds. Um, (laughs) I want to hear your take on, is there a way that we can change the trajectory or is it just part of Should we just accept it? What, what is your take?
0: So, the trajectory does not need changing because the trajectory is already set and it's already been won. Mm -hmm. That is what so many people, I think, don't see. And I think that that is something that maybe is maybe like a mediumship privilege. I'm not exactly sure, but I know that there are other people who know this. The light has already won. We are not going down a route of enslavement, we are not going down the the dystopian narrative that's not happening does it look like it yes because what happens when all of this chaos all of these false flags are presented the collective gets anxious gets filled with fear and then that also co-creates the collective experience right collective consciousness that is with we have billions of people who are truly awakened and they know exactly what's going on they keep themselves in a state of peace they help to awaken others whether that's through kindness or more direct bringing them through a Kundalini process. And because of that, we've already offset the negativity. We've already offset the darkness, but there's a lag effect. The the planet is still third dimensional collectively, right? We have billions of people who live fifth dimensionally, even higher than that, but it takes time for the whole collective to get there. So what is going to happen, the dimensions um, horizontally. So in terms of like galactic dimensions, they will always constantly exist. So there will always be an earth that is lower dimensional, that is third dimensional, but Mm -hmm. everyone who is in the fifth dimensional realm who is ascending to the fifth dimension is going to be going to the fifth dimensional earth. It's kind of like auric bodies, how we are physical human beings. We have our physical body, but we have several auric bodies around us in the quantum field. Earth also has that quantum field. It has a fifth dimension, a sixth dimension, a seventh dimension, and so on. We're just activating the fifth dimension and moving it up and moving a very, very, very large portion of humanity up into the fifth dimension. So it's already been one. There's really nothing to worry about in that sense. That was a download I got back in March of February or March of 2021. It's been over a year since I've received that information. And it's even hard for me sometimes because you'll, you'll look out and you'll see what's going on in the news and in politics. And you're like, I don't know, spirit, are you sure about that? And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And um, yeah, so it's already been one. We just have to have faith and uh, maintain center in terms of, you know, everyone needs to awaken, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to remember that earth is a school and there are many different souls of many different phases of evolution who have incarnated. There are beautiful souls who are here for the first time. And it's just mm-hmm. this thing. It's like... <laughs> You can just tell their souls like, what the heck is going on around here? Like this is so weird. And you have souls who are on their last lives and you have everything in between. And someone in their first four lifetimes is honestly probably not going to awaken to the point that they are going to live completely or if at all, fifth dimensionally. Um, and that's just part of their journey. They will come back, they will clear more karma for themselves, they will continue to try and awaken on this planet, which is a lot easier said than done, um, with you know, soul amnesia and everything. But those in the latter half, in their final lifetimes, or in their final lifetime, becoming an Earth graduate, they're 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 pulling the weight almost, so to speak, for all of humanity. And the one thing that I love that proves this is I. I think I shared this actually today in a, in a post that I made is that the peace of one person offsets the anxiety and fear of 1 million people. Wow. So when we think of the billions of people, we're at almost two and a half billion fully awakened souls on the planet. How how many people does that offset? Like we're good. Like we're held. We're so good. You know? Yeah.
1: So. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And I think it's important to have that perspective because like you said they purposefully put a lot of anxiety oh, yes. you know politically all these things it's you can't escape it if you're on technology you know yes. and our youth is always on technology so it's it's very important to be aware of how this is affecting you and be aware of these nefarious plans so that you don't fall into you know their control because at the end it's it's all about control because our Our human selves, spiritually, we're very powerful and we don't know that. We're not taught these things. Um, So thank you so much for sharing that. And I wanted to ask you, kind of switching gears here, is about you and your journey. You know, you're such a beautiful soul. You, I mean, you just radiate light. It's like pure love coming from you. And (laughs) yeah, and I, and you and I have talked, you know, on a personal level about what you've been through, your journey, things like that. But one thing that really stood out to me is how you've been through so much and you have transmuted it. You've made it, you know, something beautiful. And I wanted to ask you if you wish to share just how you got to where you are today and just whatever your journey looked like to bring hope to those who are also, you know, trying to create their spiritual gifts and get to this place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been a very wild ride. Um Any trauma that you can think of besides being murdered, I've had the unfortunate uh, experience of enduring it, but the very fortunate experience of also healing from it. So I say this with so much compassion, but it's about, I shared this the other day, someone had asked me this and I shared it publicly. And I, I said that if you've been through trauma, especially abuse types of trauma, you need to let it break you. That's the first step you need to let that shit break you because if you don't, there is a part of you that is holding on for dear life in survival mode. You got to let it break you. And then you can feel the impact it had on you. And it's through that impact that you figure out where you want to go from it from there. So Feel your feelings is like the big thing. I had to feel my feelings. And I think that was something that I stuffed down for a very long time. My entire teenage years, I got out. I was, my mother was extremely abusive, um, like very, very psychologically abusive. I got into a very abusive relationship in all facets when I was 14 years old with someone four years older than me, which looking back, it was just a disturbing age discrepancy for that time period. But wow um and when i got out of that i was completely i was in i was numb i was completely dissociated and i ended up being dissociated for years and i had to just let it break me and feel and be depressed and not leave my bed for a couple of years to process it my body was exhausted my brain was exhausted i went to therapy um and it helped but nothing helped me more than my connection with my higher self. And that is something that I've had, thankfully, my entire life. She's been very present. I remember hearing her for the first time when I was not even three years old, which is just a whole other weird story (laughs) of itself. But I really leaned into that. I leaned into the questions. Okay, why did the trauma happen? And not why did that person do it to me, but what am I meant to take from it? And I looked for the lesson in all of it because... There is something to learn in every good experience and every bad experience. And of course, on a human level, we don't ask for the bad things to happen, but on a soul level, it's karma that was contracted because it needs to be rectified. Because when you get back to the other side, your soul doesn't want to carry that. That's why you've come back here. It's because it's too heavy to carry in the higher dimensions and you want to let it go. Mm -hmm. You want to take your power back. In all honesty, that's pun intended with the podcast, but like, you (laughs) want to take your power back. Um, So... I think for anyone going through that, is it's to recognize that there is a lesson in of, in and of it all, albeit a painful lesson. Sometimes, um, for my abusive relationship, was about learning that I deserved a lot better, and it was okay to say and feel and know that I deserved better, and that didn't make me a bad person to not want to take some sort of treatment from someone. Um, But yeah, it was my spiritual practice and meditating and journaling. Writing has been a huge healing modality for me. But yeah. Wow. That's incredible.
1: And I also, in my early 20s, I went through a pretty manipulative, toxic relationship. Probably not at the same level that you went through at such a young age. But it really, what you said about letting it break you, just letting it Feeling those feelings and getting through that pain really brings you to a new place because I think a lot of our suffering in our experience is that we tell ourselves we shouldn't be feeling certain things or we shouldn't go through certain things. And so we kind of attach a lot of shame to going through things. And that's something that I went through was like, I'm a smart girl. Why did I go through that? You know, it's like, how was I manipulated? Right. Like I have, I have self-confidence. I have these things. And why was I a victim to this man? Right. And once I released that, it was like acceptance. And I was able to get through that instead of building a house in that place.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because if you build a house in that place, you're, you're giving that energy away. You're giving yourself away to that experience. And I think I think people think it's the opposite. I think people feel like if they let it break them, then that person won or that trauma mm-hmm. won. But it's the complete opposite, kind of like society breaking down right now. You got to break down to create something new. And in terms of anyone who's experienced abusive relationships of any kind, romantic, familial, it's not that you weren't confident. It's not that you're not intelligent. It's that manipulators, especially, are really, really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And you can't fault yourself for that. Mm-hmm. You have to have compassion for yourself. I know that was a big thing for me. I was 14. I felt very mm-hmm. alone because I was very spiritually in tune at a very young age. and My family just didn't understand my mind. Bless their beautiful hearts and souls. But the partner that I was with was also very spiritual on the other end that I am on. <laughs> a very, very dark type of spiritual. But... Um, <laughs> we connected in that sense. And I recognize that that version of me, she just wanted love. Mm. She just wanted love and someone to understand her. And that's, that's the majority of us. We just want love. We just want someone to understand us. We can't fault ourselves for that, but we have to recognize in those lessons that self-love and not needing someone else to fill your love up is the goal. That's the first thing that you should be learning to do, because then when you do that, you don't feel like you need someone else to give it to you. And you're less susceptible to those kinds of people in any sort of dynamics. So Mm -hmm. I think that's important as well.
1: And what is your advice for anybody who feels like they're lacking in self-love and they want to get to that place of having that,
0: just holding space for themselves? I think asking yourself why you don't love yourself. I think that's key. I think a lot of introspection comes along with that because a lot of people will say, I just don't, or because of this or because of that. But I mean, like not just the surface level. Oh, like I don't have the perfect body or, oh, I lost that one relationship that I thought was the love of my life. I mean like, no, but why have those situations, why is that experience causing you to feel like you don't need to love yourself or you don't want to love yourself and to go really, really deep into that question I think that's, that's the advice that I would give because it's deeper than that. It usually goes down to childhood where you didn't get love from a parent in the way that you needed anyway.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think whenever you become aware of these things, like when you've been through a trauma and you become aware, like for me as a mom, now I'm just so hyper aware of how I am reacting to my baby's cries to how I, you know, how I just operate around her because I'm thinking, Oh my God, am I giving her some kind of <laughs> trauma? Is she going to remember this? You know? Um, it, it, cause it all does come back from very young, from whenever we don't even, we're not even conscious, you know? Yeah. So, it yeah. That's, that's the main thing is, is I feel going back, going back to when you had your, even from before your first heartbreak to, you know, the time where you felt like your parents didn't show up for you. All of that is, inner. everything is connected. You know, everything is like intricately woven together. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, that's one thing I, I wanted to ask you is along your journey, especially now in the work that you do, What is your main advice for somebody who is maybe they're they've realized since like just like you, since they were young that they had, you know, maybe they're psychic and they're, you know, things like that. Maybe they feel a level of shame or they feel isolated or they feel scared. What advice would you give to somebody to basically open up those spiritual gifts and and use them for, you know, for good?
0: I think definitely like starting to speak to your higher self that is like always going to be like a very strong point of contact for someone who is experiencing those kinds of gifts and to immediately start learning about protection because there is so much going on out there. Um, and to just intentionally connect yourself to love and to light every time you go into a meditation where you want to learn more about your gifts or tap into that field, going into it with the intention of I am tapping into the light. I am tapping into the divine and really setting those boundaries so that those fears that you have of the bad things happening, you're already ahead of them. They can't happen because your intention is law. And to not be afraid of what people will think of you because there's two options. You do everything to appease another person and you are absolutely miserable with yourself because you're not feeling like the authentic true you, or you maybe ruffle a few feathers by being the authentic you and by people not understanding you. And you eventually find your soul tribe and you live a really, really peaceful aligned life. Mm -hmm. You can choose either or, and it's okay that it's okay. If people don't understand you at first, my family, when I first started out doing what I do with Madsmas, my dad just like, he just kind of looked at me with this face of like, okay, right. No idea. Love that for you, honey. And I was like, cool. Okay. Like that was his, he was trying to understand. And my dad has actually become one of the most spiritual people in my family since then. And he's always had it, but he had repressed it for so long that whenever I started talking about it, it wasn't that he didn't understand me. It's that he was finally revisiting a part of himself that he didn't understand. And that is the experience with a lot of people. There are many, many people who recognize that they are souls, that they are part of a bigger plan, but they don't know how to conceptualize it. And if you are someone who feels like you can dive into that understanding and tap in and channel that information. It's because you're meant to help the people around you who maybe don't feel like they're ready to do that in this incarnation. They need more guidance in this life.
1: Wow. And so if somebody were to go and work with you, right? I want to, I want to be part of your coaching. Where do you start with them? Do you start where they're at or do
0: you, how does that work? We start where they're at. Um, What anxieties are you facing? What fears do you have surrounding your purpose? Do you know what your purpose is? Do you have clarity on it? What are you you feeling in in the last three to six months? What has been your biggest theme uh, emotionally? And we start there and that brings us all the way back to the root, like like conception root. Mm -hmm. And then from conception, we move all the way up. So it takes about a year of a process. You don't have to do the entire process for the year. I have clients I've worked with for just three months. They get to where they need to be and it works out. Um, but for those who are really wanting to go from like one like one end or one dimension right all the way up through to the fifth dimension, it takes about a year, so we start where they are and work our way back and then work our way forward.
1: Wow, I think that everyone should go through
0: that. everyone
1: should so go, yeah. <laughs> everyone should go through that having somebody guide them from yeah. where they are, what you're dealing with and yeah all that time, because if you think about it, we only untap a small amount of our potential as human beings, our brain power, you know, it's all, I think it's only like 20% of our brain that we use. Yeah. And so think of spiritually, I mean, you see it spiritually. It's just a whole other whole web. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And if we were to get to this place, everybody individually to this place of, I understand why I work a certain way, why things, you know, why I react a certain way, why I feel some type of way. I think we would have just people, a population of people who actually had more self-love because they'd actually come to this place of, I understand why I'm a certain kind of way and why I don't fit in and why this, you know, this doesn't resonate. And that's why I think your work is so important because you see people and you meet people in an energetic way. Yeah. And you see what people don't see about themselves or what they are not wanting to see. Right. And so in, in your work, whenever you're seeing things about people or things come up and it's, let's say it's really dark, right? Let's say it's something that, oh, wow, this is, this is really dark. How do you handle that as, a coach, you know, how do you work with people and meet them where they're at and be like, okay, this is what it is without it being like, you know, really scary for some people. Cause I can imagine it can be overwhelming for the client.
0: Yeah. So that usually happens when someone is unpacking a lot mm-hmm. of trauma, like very, mm-hmm. very deep invasive types of trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunately more common than I'd like to say that it is mm-hmm. in those situations. It's always a do you recognize, I'll ask them, do you recognize where this trauma might be coming from? And by the by the time we get to these these very deep, darker parts of their of their life, these traumas, they already are able to say, like, yes, I know where this comes from. And then of course the the next step is to say, okay, are you ready to dive into that or do you need more time? And then if they need more time, we create a plan um, to start nurturing the inner child and the ego. But whenever they're ready, it's like, okay, like how did this impact you? And like, what are you holding on to? Like what needs to be cleared here? How are you going to reclaim sovereignty from this situation? And what lesson are you willing to see from the experience? Because I hate saying it because I know it's so hard to hear at first when you're coming out of trauma, but every single trauma has, it has a lesson. There's a wisdom there to be taken from, um, from the situation, And I, I, I do the work intentionally leading up to this point that clients are already open to seeing that. And oftentimes, depending on the kind of trauma, there are, there are a few traumas that are, that come from intentional darkness that, that come from people who get off on being very, very vindictive and malicious that my abusive ex was one of those people. Like he, it was (laughs) It was very interesting. But the majority of people, they experience trauma from someone who is just hurting oftentimes their parents. And whenever they start unpacking that, by the end of the healing period, they can see their parents as someone who really tried their best and Mm -hmm. whose best was just absolutely terrible Uh, In terms of impact, like, and it's not their fault, right? The majority of my clients are coming from Gen X and sometimes even boomer parents. Like they have not learned anything about emotional regulation. They haven't even learned anything about identifying their wounded emotions. Right. So we work through different components of that, of what the inner child needs, what the ego needs and what the higher self is trying to show my clients.
1: Yeah. Wow. And that's interesting what you said about the boomer parents the gen x parents I was reading a I think it was like a book or an article by a, a popular like a children's psychologist, right? You know, those people that give advice. And it was from, I think, the 1930s, 1920s, not, okay. not too far back, right? It's probably like grandparents' generation. Right. Yeah. And um, well, mine, anyways. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. it basically, it was telling them not to let your child sit on your lap, not yeah, to hug them, yeah. not to show any affection because you would make them um, what, what's the term, um, spoiled, spoiled. Yeah. And I was mm-hmm. like, no wonder we have so much generational trauma yeah, going, no passing <laughs> down, you know, because how can you, a child, I mean, there was actually a study done or not a study, but it actually happened in an orphanage, I think in Russia, Siberia, something like that, where the, the babies would die because nobody would hold them. Of course, you literally die, you know from from no from the lack option. of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and yeah. we are we are beings made. We are meant to be rooted in love, right? That's yes. that that's our fuel. Yes. And to hear that, to think, wow, some people have probably dealt with some messed up things from their grandparents, from their parents, because yes. of how these crazy. We don't know if there were sociopathic psychologists from back in the day, <laughs> you know? And, and so, so. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it really, I love how you talk about that. They did the best that they can. That's especially me as I work through certain things. Now, as, now as I'm a parent, I look back at some things that my parents did. And while it wasn't awful, but I, you know, it affected me. And I think that, well, that was the best that they knew considering how they were raised. Like both my parents, they came to the U S very young and they they yeah. left their parents behind. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of like, they did the best that they could. They became parents very young themselves. So it was like, I learned from that instead of holding it against them. And I often have conversations with my sister and she's like, yeah, well, this and that, you know, wasn't very good what they did, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, that was the best that they, they could do. Right. Yeah. And one day our kids are going to look back and be like, Oh, they did this and this, and yep. that. <laughs> They're yep. gonna, you know? So it's a whole thing, like going back in your lineage and looking back at how your parents, your grandparents, all of them were raised. It makes you understand yourself. And then you're kind of in this place of, I got to break this generational curse. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. And, <laughs> One thing I I wanted to ask is about generational curses. Are they easy to break? Are they, because you hear that a lot, right? Breaking the generational curse, ending it here. Is that something that you see it's easy
0: to do or is it something that is probably more difficult than we imagine? Quite a bit more difficult than we can ever comprehend consciously, I think. Because the the generational traumas that you are breaking go at least 12 generations back. Wow. That's a lot of generations. <laughs> yeah. So you can... You can be aware of it, and I always say, like, you'll know you're breaking a generational curse or a generational trauma because it's not going to feel like your own, and it's going to bother you because it's going to keep coming back up, and you're going to keep seeing blocks with it, or you're going to keep running into these limiting beliefs. And you're like, "But I didn't. I never believed this to begin with. Like, this is not mine. It's because it's not. It's ancestral, and it takes a lot of patience and a lot of time, and you have to be consistent with it. So it, it it's harder in the sense of it takes longer but I think on an emotional level, it's easier because it's not personal. Mm. It's more of like a nuisance. It's like a, it's just a bit annoying sometimes Mm. a little bit, all respect to our ancestors. They again, did the very best they could. Um, but it's just a little bit more, it just kind of drags out a little bit longer. Mm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So whenever you're work for you, you know, and I, to me, it's so fascinating to hear somebody that has worked on their spiritual gifts and you're making it a part of your livelihood because that's, that's kind of like the impossible. A lot of people don't realize that you can take your gifts and make them your livelihood. And so you, as you work every single day, I assume you work with clients practically every day. I mean, I'm a coach too, so I know how that works. So, Yeah. Whenever you're working with your spiritual gifts, does it feel like work to you or does it feel like it's something that just comes naturally and you enjoy doing it?
0: It doesn't feel like work at all. Like the, It's wild. And I think that's because I was doing the work that I do now way before I even admitted to myself what I was, who I was, and what I was doing. Every single job I've ever had in my entire life, like, and I'm talking from a very young age, like my first babysitting job, I would have people who I don't know come to me and say their life story, like <sighs> unload everything. And I remember one time I was working at a bar in a different city, and this is not long ago. This was maybe, maybe three years ago. And she looked at me and she was like, I don't know why I just told you that, but you're really easy to talk to. And looking in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, I was helping you transmute. And I'm so, so glad I could do that. But it doesn't feel like work for me because I would be doing this even if I didn't have my business. It's just, it's why I'm on the planet.
1: Mm-hmm. And I assume that you have to take care of yourself a lot you know cuz yes. you are listening to a lot of different things and people yes. you know offload what do you do to protect your energy and and stay focused
0: basically i spend a lot of time physically alone in silence i live i moved to a city where or an area in my city where i knew it would be very very quiet and really chill and i have you know, great friends and family who know that I am not the friend that's going to text you every day or maybe even every week because I'm taken care of a lot <laughs> <laughs> um with the with client work and they're so 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 beautiful about that and they're lifelong friends. Um so they've really seen me progress in that part of the journey which makes it easier. Um but I spend a lot of time alone and I I try to offload um, any energy through working out through meditating through creating different pieces of art um, and just letting it out, letting myself, let it go, whether that's on behalf of a client or, um, the way that I, you know, sometimes get triggered in a session because someone will say something and I just, my compassion for them is like, you get out of a session sometimes and you're just like, whoo, that was like a grief session. That, that was a Mm -hmm. lot. Um, so yeah, a lot of solitude and a lot of divine connection and, uh, Meditating. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I I always see that
1: one thing, especially in energetic work, is that we often try to put everything kind of on like a timeline, right? And we want to be healed by a certain time and wow. do things, you know, and are we healed? Are we not? And and something that I'm really passionate about is healing is coming to this place of love and and feeling that for yourself and for others and for your Mm -hmm. life and what would you say to somebody who is healing who who sees things kind of like in a linear way right i i started here and i want to be completely healed of something what would you or what would advice would you give for somebody who is on a healing journey and wants to get to this place of i feel i'm not a prisoner of this anymore
0: Yeah. That's a great question. I think be honest with yourself and ask yourself, when do you want to be there by? And then conversely ask yourself, if you were speaking to the person you were, the age you were, when you experienced said trauma, would you force that person who was going through the trauma to be healed by the timeline you've just put on yourself? Usually the answer is no, right? (laughs) We would never tell a traumatized person by this date, you need to feel better by it's been long enough by this time, you're going to feel healed. And I think that takes the pressure off. And I'm telling you, once you take that pressure off, it's when the healing really starts to feel like it's kicking in and you start to feel a lot better because you don't feel like you have to get to a point. Um, that is, I think, I think people, my thoughts are all kind of getting jumbled here. I think people, They think that becoming healed is going to be some miraculous event, but I think it's important to recognize that it's actually the healing that is the miraculous event, because if you can be gentle, compassionate, unconditionally loving to yourself while you are in the trenches of your healing, when you are the version of yourself that, you know, you're not going to be forever. It's a wounded part of yourself. If you can love and be at peace and just accept yourself that day By the time you get to the point of you transmuting all of that and transcending it all, you're going to be so in love with yourself and you're going to be so proud of yourself and you're going to be so empowered with yourself that you're going to see yourself in a completely different light rather than if you just said, I'm going from point A to point B because I need to get there. I want to get there because I feel like I need to get there for my sanity, my survival. If you can sit in the pain and sit in the woundedness of of your heart, I think that's whenever you really start transcending and you start accepting yourself, your life and where you're inevitably headed, which is so much bigger and better. Yeah, beautiful. And whenever you're on a path, right? You're on a journey.
1: Anything could be from healing, anything from you know starting a business, going in and moving to a new city or starting a new relationship. How would you know, or what is your way of knowing that you're on the right path?
0: I think it feels easy and I don't mean easy in the sense that there's no challenges that stepping out of your comfort zone isn't, you know, hard to do sometimes, but it feels easy in the sense that it feels within your entire being, there's like a wave of calmness of peace because you know that this is what you're meant to be doing. The other thing I like to teach people is, would you regret it if you didn't do it? Mm -hmm. If you, if you don't take this path, would you regret not taking it? That's usually a sign that it's meant for you and that it's aligned with you. Yeah. I always
1: say that you regret more the things that you don't do in life than the things that you actually do.
0: A hundred (laughs) percent. No one, no one is on their deathbed in their late nineties or eighties or whenever saying, I really wish I hadn't done that or hadn't tried that. Like no one says that literally ever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think that we overthink the process so much whenever we're trying to get, somewhere or we have a goal or we have a dream and we overthink, am I doing the right thing? One yeah. question, and I again, I want to hear your perspective, <laughs> kind of going on the same thing.
0: Yeah,
1: I get the same question over and over again from different people. And it's like one of those questions that, you know, whenever you do Q and A's on Instagram or whatever, um, it's like crazy how much it pops up. So I wanted to hear your perspective. It's sure. how do you know somebody is the one?
0: oh shit (laughs) (laughs) that's such a great question I want to say that if you can see every possible potential with this person any losses of the people around you any pitfalls financially any anything and everything going right and going wrong in the future of your life. And if you can feel in the depths of your soul and your heart that this person is going to love you, support you, and vice versa, you're going to feel this way about this person. And it's going to be calm. And that'll be your safe haven throughout every good and every bad. That's your one. Wow. I think. Yeah. Wow.
1: I love that. You know, when I talk to you, it's like I... I hear myself like you you tell you say things in the way that you the way that you talk and the way you converse is in you know your unique way, but it's like every it's like confirmation everything you say because I because I you know I like to answer questions and even with people that I work with things like that who are trying to go through a healing journey or they're trying to date. And it's really weird because that question—it's such a—it's like how do you know they're the one? Well, you know this and that. You know you can look at it through like an, a checklist kind of way. Of course, but yep. it, for some reason it stood out to me because I'm I'm thinking there's something here. There's like a lesson I need to hear or something here because it, it, you know spirit works that way. Oh, of you course, hundred percent. Yeah, from other people you get these questions or these things that keep coming up, and when something keeps coming up in my life, it's like I'm meant to pay attention to that oddly Uh enough, you know? So I love that. I love, I love what you said. And and every scenario is that person, the right one for you?
0: Like every single one, like think like the most like unlikely tragedy. Will that person still be there with you getting through it with you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I think that's unanimous across the board. Like your life partner should be that kind of person outside of all the checklists. Right.
1: Uh, Yeah.
0: And how do you feel about dating apps? <laughs> oh, See now, so I just gave you a piece of information. You just gave me a piece of information <laughs> because I'm in that journey of, of, you know, relationships and ready to maybe start taking that on. And I refuse to use dating apps. So you just mm. kind of gave me a tidbit of information. Spirit's like, huh, Matt. what do you think about dating apps? So, um I just want to like, you know, preface, I don't judge anyone for being on dating apps. I've been on dating apps. Mm -hmm. It can be a fun time. I think whatever way you look at it, dating apps are putting you in a chasing energy Mm -hmm. and a masculine outside of gender in a chasing energy can, is usually the, the, the positive end. But the thing is, is that they're not just chasing you the feminine, again, this is not gender specific. It's, it's polarity specific, but they're not just chasing you. And the wounded masculine within them is also going to be very distracted by all of the women chasing them because the women on dating apps, especially Bumble, I have such an energetic act <laughs> to grind with Bumble. It's like so empowering. The women makes the first move. And I'm like in the uh-huh. polarities, like you're just, you're really offsetting the polarities here. Yeah. Um, which is fine. It all works out in the end. But I think it's like, this this might offend a few people again, you do you, I want you to follow whatever you feel is intuitively right for you to meet the love of your life. But for me personally, it's like an energetic STD. I know, right? Like there's no, there's no nicer way for me to say it. I have just seen so many people in this, like lack chasing prove to me why I should choose you. And I was like, no, (laughs) I'm not going to prove to you why you should choose me rather than like Jane and everyone else on the app who's telling you to choose. I'm not doing that. So I think for the right person, maybe it works out, but for me personally, they're really not my vibe at all. Well,
1: I like that you came at that from a perspective that you've been on them because I've never been on them and I don't like them. You know, like, I I don't think (laughs) you're not missing much. (laughs) Like I've I've always gotten that question too, is, you know, dating apps, do you recommend them? And then I, I say, no, I don't. And then I get people being like, well, I actually met my now husband on dating app. And I think they, they can work for some people, like you say, but energetically, I think it's just a crap show. Like I, yeah. I can't. I
0: I tried. I tried at the end of last year, beginning of this year. And it was just, I basically came to the conclusion of my life has worked out in a very spiritually divine way. So will love like my career, everything about my life has been really unexpected. It'll be the same way. I'm not going to need an app. Um, but I've, I've also heard of people meeting their husbands or their wives or their spouse on dating apps. And I think that in in some scenarios, I would assume that spirit aligns that for two people because maybe there is no way for them to meet in the physical. Maybe mm. they they do need that. But you'll know that if you feel calm and connected with going through that process is where myself, I'm like so repulsed by it where I know like that's not the path that's gonna lead me to my person. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely.
1: I I'm kind of in the school of thought I've known people who met on not just dating apps, but like online, like websites, whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. And, um
1: yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I always think, I think that you can meet somebody in the real world. I think that that's a possibility for everyone. I, I believe that it's kind of like, if you if you go into something with a mindset that, oh, it's not going to work out like this and that, and you put limits on the universe, then, you know, you're not going to be open to certain things. But if you, if you get off of the dating app and you just go cold turkey, you delete it, yeah. you don't even make it a possibility for you
0: that you Has that, to
1: work with that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you, if, if it doesn't even come into your stream of consciousness at all. You don't use it. It doesn't exist to you. You're going to meet somebody organically that's what I believe I mean that's what happened with me because um I basically like right before I met my fiance I remember we were on me and my friends we were on a trip and my friend she's always been like on tinder and things like that she was getting on tinder just for fun you know to meet up whatever and so I was like oh this is fun like this looks kind of fun and she made it seem like fun, you know? So I I was like, should I download it? And they're like, no, well, you don't need to download it. And I was like, oh, download it. Let me see. And as soon as like I started to download it, I was like, nope, uh uh-uh, delete. (laughs) Like when it got to the place where it was like make a a profile, I was like, nope,
0: uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. And I met him that very same trip. No way. Yeah. Look at you, you stuck to your intuition, you stuck to your desire and the universe said, okay, we'll meet you. Yeah, exactly. I love that so it's, much.
1: Yeah, it, it happens like that. I think that when we decide and we say, "Okay, no, that's not for me," it's going to happen in an organic way. It's going to happen, you know, in a nice way that feels right to me. It doesn't have to feel like work or anything. Yeah, that's when the universe meets you and brings you there. Like it's not like you don't have to put so much effort, especially if you're in the feminine. You don't have to be in this chasing energy that's draining on the feminine. You know, that's not where we're meant to operate in power.
0: Well, that's exactly it. And I, I, as a feminine as well, I strongly encourage anyone who resonates with being in the divine feminine dominant polarity, get off the dating app. Like if you, unless you really intuitively feel like that's where your person is going to be fine, but if you are a divine feminine, I really recommend get off of it because you're meant to open and receive. You're not meant to go hunt things down. You're not meant to go and pursue things. You're just meant to be in the right place at the right time to receive whatever manifestation, whether love or otherwise, is ready for you. So I agree completely with, with your stance. I love your love story. That is so cool. I love that
1: so much. Sorry, I have a cough still. I've been sick this past week. But yeah, um, it's it's crazy just how everything... And I wasn't even stressed out about it. Like I used to stress out about love and being single and things like that. But then I, when I released all that energetically and I released that, I have to find somebody by a certain age and this and that, it just happened. Like, it's crazy how I really
0: expect it.
1: Yeah. So. Definitely a a lot of, I mean, I could sit here and ask you so many questions and talk about so many different topics. Um, But thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing your beautiful gifts and all your insights. And I wanted to ask you one last question before we sign off for today is what piece of advice would you give those who are listening right now?
0: today this is what's coming through take a moment to be present with yourself right after you listen to this podcast we're at the end of it now before you go and do your next task before you go and answer that text message that email you go to do that chore i just want you to put a timer on for 60 seconds and just sit there eyes closed and just spend one minute with yourself that's my advice for today beautiful thank you so
1: much mads and my pleasure thank you who wants to work with you? Where can they find you? Where can they find your social media? All that.
0: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at madsmess, Mads m a d d s m e s s, and also my website, which is madsmess.com, and you can find everything there.
1: Everyone, go check out Mads. Go check out her website. Work with her. She is just a beautiful ray of sunlight, and I'm so grateful for you to be on my podcast. So thank you so much, Mads.
0: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. So divine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye, everyone.